everyone. Welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It is Thursday. It's September 9th. It's 2021, and we have five baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. Probably talk a little bit about the Tampa and Dallas game as far as a football game as well. Um, we will have the Morning Grind football podcast out later today. So two podcasts here on Thursday until uh, baseball season kind of finishes up. But riding, riding solo for the baseball pod today and the Thursday night football game pod. Um, we'll have Grant with me for the season, breaking down football. Uh, we had a ton of success doing it last season and uh, looking forward to doing it with Grant again this season as far as the football podcast. So Five baseball games today. They did include the 640 game on the main slate, which I think is good. I think a five-game slate is much better than a four-game slate. These games are all kicking off, you know, within an hour of each other, really within like 40 minutes of each other. So, I mean, we should have all lineups pretty early. And, I mean, Major League Baseball and these teams don't want to compete with Thursday night football on opening night, let's be honest. So, let's jump into this slate we kick it off here with the Mets and the Marlins. Seven and a half total in this one. The Mets, uh, 160 favorite. We got Stroman against Lazardo in this one. As far as um, Stroman is, is concerned here, I mean, he's 9,400, which is somewhat expensive. We watched Rich Hill on um, Wednesday pitch a really good game. And, I mean, I think Stroman... He's really almost the same strikeout type of pitcher as Hill this season. They're both around like 21%. The price is the only thing that I don't love about Stroman. He's the highest price pitcher on the slate. But, I mean, we just don't have a ton of options on the slate in general. So I think Stroman on a, on a five-game slate like this is going to be pretty popular. And for good reason. I mean, this game's in Miami good ballpark and Stroman is facing one of the weakest offenses in baseball. So it's hard not to, it's hard not to like him in this one. Uh, as far as Lazardo goes, I mean, five X on the season, he's really struggled with right-handed hitters. Um, I mean, when he got called up, was it two years ago last year? I think it was two years ago. We, we knew he was like a top prospect. We knew he had a ton of upside. And it just really hasn't translated to the big league level yet. Um, I know he's pitching against the Mets here. He's 6,700. I think he's someone that you could potentially take some shots on, you know, really just needing to get around Baez and Alonzo at the top of that order. I mean, Lindor doesn't strike out against lefties too. Um, I mean, if they leave Conforto and McNeil and some of these lefties in there, I definitely think that's a bump to Lizardo, but I don't expect him to have a great game here. I mean, this game's in Miami. It's a seven and a half total. And the Mets are a favorite for a reason. As far as the bats go in this game, I mean, on the Mets side, it's hard not to like Pete Alonso, Javi Baez, um, you know, in this matchup against Lindor or Lazardo. Sorry. Like I said, he's really struggled with righties this season. 390 Woba, 276 ISO, doesn't generate ground balls really. So, I mean, Alonso, Baez, Lindor, maybe. Pilar, if he gets a good lineup spot. McCann, if you want to go with a full five-man stack. Don't know if I love a full five-man stack, but, I mean, I do like the price on McCann and Pilar here. As far as Miami goes, 
I mean, really nothing stands out to me as far as Miami goes. Um, maybe Sanchez. But, I mean, it's just because he's 2,600 and he should bat like fourth or fifth here. We know he has power. Um, I mean, that's that's really it. I, I mean, there's a reason that I like Strowman at this ridiculous price tag. Um, moving on, we got Colorado at Philly, eight and a half total here. The Phillies are a 190 favorites. Um, Sensatella against Suarez. I mean, Sensatella. Uh, I mean, getting out of cores is always a bump for these pitchers, but Sensatella is such a low strikeout pitcher. He's at like 16% on the season. He wants to go out and he wants to generate ground balls and just kind of pitch around trouble. So not typically someone that I would take a lot of shots on in DFS. I don't really love the spot for him. Philly needs to win every single game they're playing right now. Um, so, I mean, that's my biggest concerns when it comes to Sensatella. Uh, Suarez on the other side of this game. I mean, he's thrown over 80 pitches in four of his last five starts um did not get a long leash against miami last time out and i mean he was pitching a really good game in that matchup you know he has good strikeout stuff he's at like 25 percent. he's done a great job of limiting power and i mean they're coming from cores to play in philly First game out of course. Um, I mean, there's some good right-handed hitters in this lineup. Rogers, Crone, Story. But I think at this price and on a slate where we don't have a ton of pitching options, I, I think Ranger Suarez is worth a look um, in tournaments. As far as the Rockies bats, it's really the three guys that I just mentioned. I mean, Story's under 5K. CJ Crone's 4,300. Um, Rogers. 3,900, you can play him at second base shortstop. Uh, so if you want to get him and Story in there, you can. So I, I like some of these power righties. If they leave the lefties in there, I think that's it's a downgrade. Um, because, I mean, Suarez is going to be really good against the lefties. I think his K rate's like 31% against lefties this season. So uh, as far as the Phillies go against Sensatella, I mean, it's hard not to love Harper in this spot. Um I know he's expensive, but I really like this Philly stack. I mean, they're playing for something. They're expensive. I mean, McCutcheon's 4,200. He helps the stack. DD is back. He's 4K. I definitely want to get Harper in there. Maybe go Brad Miller to kind of, you know, save some money. Miller has a 262 ISO against right-handed pitching this season. So I definitely don't think Brad Miller is a terrible tournament play. Um, and I definitely like this stack. I mean, they're definitely one of the one of the stacks that you can look at on this five game slate, but I don't even know if like a full stack will win today. I mean, maybe we'll see. Kansas city at Baltimore Hernandez and means facing off in this game, nine and a half total. And the Orioles are a one thirty favorite. Um, as far as Hernandez go, as far as Hernandez goes, Carlos Hernandez is he's not been pitching terrible here recently. Um, he's 6,300. His XFIP and his Sierra is scary, but I mean, he has some strikeout stuff against both righties and lefties. 
Baltimore is a high strikeout team. This game being in Baltimore makes it even scarier. But I mean, on a five game slate, I think you got to be willing to take some chances. And he's thrown over over 80 pitches in three straight. He's thrown over 95 pitches in four of his last or three of his last five. Um, so, I mean, it's hard not to like Carlos Hernandez here at this price against this strikeout heavy team. I mean, I'll take some shots on him here. John Means on the other side of this game. I mean, it's it's hard not to like John Means in this game, too, when you're just c- considering the price. He's 7,100 in this matchup. He's been way better on the road this season. The top of this Kansas City lineup could potentially be a pretty low strikeout team or pretty low strikeout like combination. But the bottom of the order is going to strike out a lot against left-handed pitching. So, I mean, I think both these pitchers are in play for tournaments. I actually kind of like Hernandez more than I like Means. I think Means could potentially project better in this matchup. So, I definitely like Hernandez more. Um, He's someone that I think I would definitely take some shots on here. As far as the Kansas City bats go, I mean, Perez, he finally got us our homer. Let's go. I advance. Don't know if he'll be playing two or three people next week, but I'm I'm safe, safe in the home run contest. Uh, Salvador Perez getting that home run that I've been hoping for all week. And I mean, just again, in a, another great spot here against the lefty in Baltimore. Outside of him, I mean, Mondesi has a ton of upside. Whit Merrifield is a low strikeout guy. He's expensive, though. Um, I like Mondesi's price. And, I mean, if you get, like, Emmanuel Rivera in there, he's cheap and could potentially hit, like, middle order. And, I mean, I don't think that's the the worst thing that you'd be looking at here. Um, I mean, if you want to take some shots on Baltimore, Mullins would probably be my favorite in this matchup. Um, cheap end, I mean, you can go DJ Stewart. I think he's still really cheap. Yeah, he's 2300 we know he has, you know, home run or strikeout upside. So I don't know if this is a full stack, but I mean, if Fernandez starts getting some ownership, you could definitely take a secondary stack here with Baltimore on a five game slate. Uh, we got Toronto at New York, nine and a half total. The Yankees, a one fifteen favorite in this one, very small favorites. Um, Barrios against Cortez. I mean, this series has definitely not disappointed. As far as Barrios goes, um, I mean, low XFIP, good strikeout stuff, doesn't walk a lot of people, very good against righties. And, I mean, that's what you got to – that's just how you have to attack the Yankees. All their power – not all of their power, but most of their power um, comes from the right side. And, I mean, I don't hate the idea of – in tournaments, taking some shots here. I mean, Manoa is a pretty good strikeout pitcher, and he struggled to strike this team out yesterday. But, I mean, they gave him 100 pitches. And if they're going to get Barrios a long leash here, and he's feeling it, I mean, he's a guy that can get double-digit strikeouts in a game. So a lot of interest in Barrios in tournaments. Uh, the, tr- I mean, the other side, Cortez. This lineup is so good. Um, it's so hard to 
look at like right-handed pitchers or even left-handed pitchers against this team. Um, so, I mean, with Cortez being a lefty facing all of these righties, it's just, could he have a good game? Yeah. I mean, he's posted some good games here recently. It's just some of those matchups. I mean, like he posted a good game against Chicago and Minnesota. He struggled a little bit against Oakland. I think he struggles in this spot. I mean, with Simeon, Vlad, Bouchette, Hernandez, I mean, really, the middle of this order is really strong against left-handed pitching. And I I also worry about the leash for Cortez. I, I know he's kind of in that, like, 80 to 90 pitch, rate, pitch count range. Um, I would probably project him around 92 to 95 if he's pitching well. But if he's starting to get hit, I mean, the Yankees want to win this game. So, uh, as far as Toronto bats go, Simeon Hernandez is someone that I really like. Teoscar Hernandez has been crushing left-handed pitching this season. 396 ISO for Hernandez, 4,500. Challenges on you to try to find someone cheaper than 4,500 with an ISO in a matchup. Matchup ISO higher than, than that. I mean, I guess Cortez hasn't allowed a huge ISO against righty, so you could probably find someone. Um, like I said, Marcus Simeon. Kirk is, is someone that if he's catching, he's 3,800. He's shown power upside against left-handed pitching this season. And uh, he's hitting, hitting the ball really well recently. I mean, your normal suspects, Vlad, Bichette, obviously in play. You always worry about like the good end of the back back end of the um, Yankees bullpen when stacking against them. Uh, Barrio struggles with lefties. A uh, ton of interest here in Rizzo. If they bat Gardner leadoff, I don't mind taking shots on him. He's pretty cheap across the industry. Uh, Joey Gallo, his price has come down. We know he has a ton of power against right-handed pitching. If you're starting to like look at like two or four of these Yankees bats. I mean, then you're looking at judge, you're looking at Stan, you're looking at the full stack and you're playing these guys. If you're stacking this team, I mean, the prices on the Yankees are super fair. I mean, Stanton and judge are expensive, but Gallo's 44, LeMahieu's 42, Rizzo's 41. Um, so, I mean, really, really cheap. Like Brett Gardner cracks the lineup batting leadoff. He's 2,300 and Barrios, much better against righties than he is against lefties. So Brett Gardner would be very interesting um, if he bats lead off in this game. We finish it out with Washington at Atlanta. Nine and a half total in this game. The Braves, a 235 favorites. Um, Eric Fed against Inno. As far as like Fed goes for me, um, I mean, this is this is a pass spot for me. Um, I mean, we I I mean. I personally thought Atlanta was the top stack on yesterday's slate. Um, and they just, <laughs> they brought in that, they just kind of used like a bullpen type of game. So, I mean, they used a lot of the bullpen on Wednesday. If Eric Fed gets in trouble here, they might just let him stay out there and just kind of get beat up. So, I mean, I like Fetty. I mean, I like Atlanta's offense, and we'll get to that in a second, but I have zero interest in Fed in this game. Uh, you know, on the other side, I mean, Tuki Tassant got pulled really early. I didn't know, I don't know if it was an injury or not. Um, 
Inno has a 28% K rate on the season. There's plenty of strikeouts in this lineup. Thomas, Kaboom, Ruiz. Um, I mean, there's plenty of opportunities here. He just kind of has to kind of get around Soto. And, I mean, yeah, Soto's the guy to beat in this lineup if you're Inno. And um, 8,600, fair price for the matchup. Um, he really hasn't had a big game recently, and this is a spot that he could go out and have a really strong game. So, um, yeah, I mean, moving on. We got finish it out here with the bats in this game. Um, the Washington side, I mean, obviously you can always take shots on one Soto. Um, I don't do expert surveys on Thursdays, but I mean, the question of who are you afraid you're going to be the most underweight on is like a staple for me is like Juan Soto right now. Um, I mean, just no protection. I don't consider Bell protection. Josh Bell has been hitting the ball a little bit better here recently. Um, and I mean, he hits and they can't really pitch around Juan Soto as much. But I have much more interest in Inno than I do on the Washington bats. And as far as Atlanta, I, I think they're the top stack on the slate. And I mean, it, it burned me yesterday, but I, I love the spot for them. I mean, it, they're expensive, and that's the biggest obstacle of trying to stack them here. But, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I was talking about Hernandez against Baltimore. So uh, let's play the morning grind game, and then we'll talk some Thursday night football. Uh, under 8K to get six or more strikeouts, I'm going to take Hernandez. Over 8K to score under 15. I'm going to take Cortez because I'm going to I'm going to say he's 8K. All right. Um, over 4K to go yard today. Um, give me Bryce Harper. I know he's the highest price hitter on the slate, but I love the spot for Philly. Philly and Atlanta, um, the two teams that I'm really going to be targeting on today's slate. Under 4K to get two hits. Um I mean, I'd say Jock Peterson if I thought he was going to be in the lineup. He, I mean, he hasn't been hitting the ball really well either. But, I mean, I guess I'll go Brett Gardner. Throw a big-time curveball and go Brett Gardner. Hope he bats lead off again. Uh, and then my stack to score six more runs. Give me the Phillies. I already said Atlanta's my favorite stack, but I think the Phillies are right there with them. Um, really like both of those offenses in the slate. And uh, like I said, going to be piecing together those guys with some pitching and um, see how the slate goes. And then watch some Thursday night football because football season is back. All right, let's talk some football here. Dallas at Tampa to kick off the season. Super Bowl champs, Tampa Bay at home. Thursday night football season kicks off um, here in my home state. We have a 51.5 total. It opened at 52. It's come down a half a point almost everywhere. I think FanDuel is still at 52. And then this game opened at Tampa minus 6.5 and Almost everywhere is Tampa minus eight and a half. Now, um, I really like Dallas plus eight and a half, and we'll get to that in a few minutes. Um, definitely one of my favorite bets for Thursday night. I think it's just it's the first game of the season for both of these teams, and I think 
I really think Dallas is just, I mean, Tampa is just getting a lot of respect in the betting world for being the first game of the season. I know Tampa's defense was solid last season and Dallas defense was not great, but I mean, Dak Prescott's back. This past defense was, I mean, it wasn't the best past defense in the league last season. The run defense is really good. Um, so, I mean, you definitely worry about Zeke Elliott just in general, but a lot of, lot of respect here for the Tampa team just in, in general, but I think this is going to be a close game and I'm, I'll break down this game and then just kind of go over like how I'm approaching it. And I mean, you're going to hear so many different people approach this game so differently. And I think you just have to kind of just look at the game as a whole and make a couple game script lineups um, for showdowns. I usually play single entry or three entry max. It's the first game of the season. I'm definitely playing three entry max for this one, but I will say that it's the first game. Don't go too crazy. Bankroll management is still a thing. And I mean, it's just a few more days until we have a real big slate and everybody is doing everything. I mean, week one NFL is one of my favorite weeks of the year. I've had very good success on week one uh, for years and years now um, in the DFS world. Don't forget, I'm old. I've been playing DFS for since like 2009. So, I mean, hey, I'm Stevie TPFL and I've been around way too long. All right, let's talk about this game, uh, the Dallas side of things. I mean, overall, this Dallas offense projects really well this season. They, you know, project as like a top 10 offense um, from a lot of different projections and projection models that I've looked at, season-long projections and stuff. Um, And, I mean, Tampa's defense projects to be really good, but it's the first game of the season. So, I mean, I really like Dak Prescott. I think he's going to throw a lot in this game. Um, I think Zeke's going to struggle, but he's definitely going to end up being contrarian here. I really don't think he's going to get a ton of ownership, you know, between his price and the matchup. I think he comes in at like 35%, which is not really high for a elite running back on a showdown slate. So, I really like C.D. Lamb. I really like Cooper, and I like Gallup. I don't want to forget about, like, the tight end situation, but I really think we're going to see a lot of this passing game go to Lamb and Cooper, and you always have to, like, have exposure to Michael Gallup's just absolute ceiling. Like, he's the guy that you're looking at for absolute ceiling, C.D. Lamb's my favorite play from Dallas outside of Dak. I'm going to use that combo a lot um, for this slate on FanDuel and DraftKings. And on prize picks, um, if you play over on prize picks, they do single stat DFS. And, I mean, I've already taken the over on C.D. Lamb at 59 and a half receiving yards. Um, that That's just one that I really like. They're running an awesome promo on prize picks, and I'll talk about this on the football podcast tomorrow as well. But love what they're doing over on prize picks. So from Friday morning until the Chiefs kickoff, Patrick Mahomes' yardage prop is going to be set at 0.5. Make sure you're jumping on that. Like, they're giving you a free square with it being at 0.5. Patrick Mahomes needs to go out and throw for one yard and 
it's just this is a spot you really want to just take that free square do a three pick do a four pick do a five pick on some stuff that you like um but friday morning check that out over on prize picks i'll have more details um on the podcast the football podcast that comes out on thursday as well um all right back to this game like i said really like cd lamb i think they're gonna pass a lot i think they're gonna use dak a lot um and I think Zeke struggles. Tampa side, I mean, it's it's week one, so it's really tough to judge what we're looking at here as far as like Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette. They added Giovanni Bernard, which gives them like a pass catching back if they need it. I mean, they got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Scotty Miller's there. I mean, they got the the three-headed monster at tight end. Uh, Tampa is just, their offense is loaded and it's not going to be, I don't think it's going to be as condensed as Dallas, as far as just everything goes here. But I mean, Tampa is not a huge run first team. They don't project to be a really good run team this season. They project to be a good pass team. I mean, Tom Brady has a ton of weapons and Tom Brady's very good when he has a ton of weapons. I think we're going to see a lot of people play Antonio Brown on this slate as like, oh, we think he's going to be contrarian. Everybody's going to play Evans and Godwin. Well, if everyone is doing that, raw points still matter on showdown slates. And I mean, yes, ownership matters, but raw points is going to matter too. You're going to need to nail the raw points. Um, And just in football in general, you got to nail raw points in football. You have to. Um, if a running back goes out and scores five touchdowns at 80% ownership and you don't have him, well, guess what? You're probably not going to win because those raw points matter. All right. For another day, another day. Uh, but anyway, as far as the Dallas players go or Tampa players go, I probably end up being underweight on Brady overweight on Chris Godwin. I think a lot of people play Evans over Godwin. I'm looking to play both of them. Evans is not my favorite. I like Godwin more. I'll have some Antonio Brown between the two sites. Um, but my favorite here, and this is a twofer that I did over there on prize picks. I took the over on Chris Godwin at 60 and a half receiving yards. So I like the overs on both of those over there. Just did a little two pick. Um, I did a two pick flex where. If I, if I hit it, I'm 2X. If I miss one of the two, I get half my money back. Um, so not really a risky play over there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I like that one over there on prize pick. So you can check that one out. Uh, my general strategy for this game and my projected game script that I'm going to play on a majority of my lineups is both teams come out throwing. Both passing attacks do really well. I really want to target, like, 3-3. Three, three or maybe even like four twos. Definitely don't want to go five ones in this one. Um, I, I really lean more towards three threes type of builds, um, especially on DraftKings. But I mean, I definitely could see some four twos working out depending on like the game scripts. I really don't see five ones working. Really don't see five ones working. So I think that, don't build any five ones. Um, I mean, maybe if you're playing 150 teams, 
and you want to throw like four or five five ones in there just to be like oh just in case but i really don't think that's gonna work i think three three is the build for this thursday night game um again i'm attacking the passing games i probably will have a hedge team as far as just taking some run game but if i take if i do do that it will be the tampa run game and it will still be the dallas pass catchers because i i still think tampa like the my contrarian build and my like hedge on my contrarian or hedge to my like main build is tampa running the ball well and dallas still throwing the ball so, I mean, like I think the ultimate hedge is like playing the Dallas rushing game and just hope they don't pass the ball really well. And then you play the Tampa pass catchers. But I mean, I'm not getting there in three entries um, on either site. So, I mean, overall, like I said, my build is to target the passing game. And I mean, this should be a fun game to watch. Thursday night football is usually pretty boring, but it's the first game of the season. Well-rested teams. It should be a ton of fun. We have a ton of content here at Roto-Grinders. If you guys haven't been checking it out, the expert survey is posted. Chop and Eric did an awesome um, Thursday night premium lineup HQ showdown. Um, So make sure you guys are checking that out. So that's going to wrap it up here for the baseball podcast for Thursday. I know I talked a little football too. I'll probably do that in the next couple weeks because we got really small slates um, for baseball. So if you guys like the Thursday night football breakdown, I'll continue to do it. Just hit me up on Twitter and let me know. That's going to wrap it up. We'll be back tomorrow talking more baseball again Thursday as well today because you're probably listening to this on Thursday. Football podcast will probably be out around like 2 to 3 Eastern. So make sure you guys are looking out for that. Thanks for listening. See you guys again tomorrow.